The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Kris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Watch up, and welcome back to another episode of No Silly's Podcast with your host. Now, nah, fuck that with your low, Glasses Malone. So, it's one of them days we were supposed to talk about something else, Pete. Mm. And uh, shit, we gotta talk about some bullshit. And and the one thing I think we try to do with no ceilings really well is we don't really talk about current events. This is not that kind of podcast. It, it's a podcast that's rooted to me in philosophy, ideology, you know, thoughts, really thinking. Like this ain't the news. You know what I mean? This ain't. Yeah. The news channel where we cover the current news. Um, the current news could come through no ceilings, but it's always going to tie into a greater conversation, you know, about the culture's perspective, you know, on on whatever the content is itself on the subject. But um, I'm praying for PNB Rock when everybody hear this podcast. Um, God willing, nothing happened to him. You know what I mean? If something did happen to him, if he didn't pull through, rest in peace. Um, that shit fucked up. But it's it's a it's a really bad time in America. It's been a really bad time. It's been a really bad time. You know what I mean? Like people really poor. People getting kicked out their houses. People right now are more desperate than they ever been. Like they more desperate. You know. Um, the moratorium is up, so people losing their houses. Um, one of my partners, uh, Rob, he's in a car financing. Shout out to the homie Rob. Um, but he was telling me like the repo rate is like at an all time high. You know what I mean? People are really going through it, and the way jobs are going out the window. You know the way we turn into AI as a society. We forget. It ain't always about 
making life faster. Like we like to call that efficiency, you know, but it's not, you know what I mean? It's really like lowering the quality of life. Like, uh, convenience kills quality. You know, um, and I just thought about this. So as I'm looking at the whole story unfold, right? As I'm looking at the whole story unfold, one thing I noticed they said, I guess his old lady posted a, a picture on Instagram. Kind of saying where they was at. Now, I don't know if that's related you know, to his robbery attempt. I mean, he was at the Roscoe's on in Inglewood, you know what I mean? Which ain't, Inglewood is a tough place, you know what I mean? Because you quite don't know you kind of in the middle of some bullshit, even when you are, if, if you don't know. Um, I don't know what type of jewelry he was wearing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know none of that. I just know that this is a real tough situation. And the first thing, I noticed on social media was everybody, you know, talking about Los Angeles. Oh, cause Los Angeles is, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, AD, shout out to little homie AD, from Canada from Lantana. It's like LA is worse than it's ever been. And he said, it's, it's never been this bad. And I tweeted him back. I said, it's always been this bad. It's always been this bad. It might have been worse at times, but it's always been this bad. I would say this, G. Um, it has always been this bad. The different set of factors that differentiate today from yesteryear is we didn't have the ability to post where we are in real time. So his girlfriend posting where they're at, that could very much be how, why people knew he where he where he was. And it's crazy because going back to Pop Smoke. Right. A lot of people were insinuating that he the location that he was at was posted. He did it kind of swinging the camera and by accident somehow that the the location was revealed. Like if you've seen the location, it's, it's a very unique looking location. So you could know where it's at. Um, but it, it was a couple things that made me want to talk about this subject. So this is no ceilings. Glasses Malone, my man Peter Bosch in the spot as usual. Got my big brother and resident guest. Um and an extremely articulate podcaster, my big brother still. Um I don't know, man. I just don't know. Like, um so one thing I wanted to unpack about this this thing with, with rappers in Los Angeles or it's hard being a rapper. Like that's the, that's becoming a conversation. And just last week, you know, we got a resignation letter from Quando Rondo about, you know, him resigning from being a crip. I never seen a public written letter from a nigga, you know, resigning on being a crip. And let's just rewind it back to that point with Quando Rondo. Um, I've heard multiple stories. You know, I've heard stories from the homies that surround the situation, my good peoples. I don't really want to get too detailed. Well, it, it don't matter. I can actually get detailed and stand up for them niggas. So, you know, a story I heard was, um, so Quando Rondo is from a Savannah neighborhood gang. Like, a you know, neighborhood is like a, it's almost like the Axis power. It's like a, a network of Crips. You know what I mean? And they all are their own entity, right? The 40s, the Rolling 40 Crips are their own entity, but they fall under this, this union, this banner that, you know, they call neighborhood Crips. The 60s fall under that same banner, the Rolling 60s. The 111s fall under the same banner, you know. Um, the East Coast, some of their some of their cliques, you know, the six packs, the six doses, six sixes, six nine, they all fall under, you know, the neighborhood banner. It's, it's more gangs daily converting to, you know, that banner, which 
to me, like I, I make, I tease some of the homies about it, but I do respect it. They're trying to find a place of peace. So it's not a bunch of, you know, random people killing each other. They find some common bond to exist together. Um, but he's from a neighborhood crib gang that's in Savannah in Georgia. And he extended, you know, his hand to, you know, to one assistance and a relationship with some of the neighborhood crips in Los Angeles. And it wasn't to further a criminal enterprise, you know. It happened right after the situation where King Von, you know, him and King Von had their skirmish and King Von lost his life in that whole situation. Rest in peace to King Von. So he reaches out to them. Now, emotional minds will say, you know, he was looking for relationships to have people, you know, you looking for allies. You, 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 now you're in the midst of a real war that could go really bad, you know, with some people that's, that have already shown to be violent. And now you're looking for allies. So he reached out to allies, right? Which would be a bunch of poor people from Los Angeles that represent the neighborhood. That's a part of the neighborhood clique. And, you know, he was looking for allies. So he comes, he sits down, he does Big U, you know, he does uh, Unk's podcast, Big U's podcast. Shout out to Unk, good nigga, always been A1. Um, And he's just going on gloating about being a crip and how down he was for cripping. You know, all how down he was for cripping, how down he was this big, bad nigga, big, bad nigga. Oh, he's super crip. He'll never give up cripping, even when he's saying his prayers, you know, in the back of his mind, even when he's praying to God, he's saying, man, I can't stop being a crip. And you fast forward one year later and, you know, he's writing a letter saying, oh, man, you know, y'all don't got my back. Y'all not going to ride for me. And I thought it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. So I posted it on Twitter and I just laughed at it. I was like, it's crazy. It's one year. And, you know, people got mad. They hit me. Oh, man, did you, you know, he, he's, you know, he's changing his life. And I'm like, you know, I talked about it. I said, hey, man, this is not the root of his problem. Him being a neighborhood crip is not the root of what his conflict is right now. You know what I mean? He, he like, like he didn't, he's not at it with Hoover's. He's not at it with, you know, Inglewood families. He's not at it with A-Trade Gangster Crips, who would be guys who, you know, might have an issue with neighborhood Crips. Yeah. Now, this is some rapper stuff, right? And this is and this is the point I'm getting to. The concept of being a rapper, being dangerous, is just silly. The reality is, all you got to do is start watching what the fuck you saying. Like, if you watch what you're saying, you have a great problem. The problem is people try to boast their rep vicariously through what they saying on records. It's one thing to be in front of your homeboys saying some tough shit. It's another thing to get on a record and disrespect a lot of people where everybody can hear you. And now every time you come into communities, somebody may want to test the theory. 100%. You know, Chief, my thing with that whole thing is for him to feel the need to make this public declaration that he's no longer going to be a crip is corny as hell. It's whack. It's like usually I've never known anyone in my adult life, and I've been around for a while now, to write some letter and resign from the Crips or the Bloods, like they working for a job, like they put me in a resignation letter. I am no longer available to put in work. You know, like he gave Crippen <laughs> his two the notifications. Yeah, he gave Crippen his two week notification. But there's a belief, right? And I've heard it uh, amongst some people. It's like, oh, well, gee, you know, this is him fixing his life. No, it's not, because being a Crip did not get his homie killed. That's not what got his friend killed. You know, I, I'm, I'm plugged in enough in the streets to know being a crip is not what got his friend killed. What the irony is, you know, when he when initially he reached out, I don't know if he's done a really good job of building a relationship with his counterparts in Los Angeles. 
there's, there, you know, I'm, I'm talking to one of my partners and they don't have a, cause he's not coming out here to do programs for the kids and you know, he's not building the bond or a lot of them is not with him. What good is being a part of a huge network of you know, people that are, uh, for the most part, uh, it's a decent amount familiar with violence. If you don't utilize a network when you're in that territory. You know what I mean? Regardless of whatever happened, rest in peace, his partner that got killed. I, I forgot the brother's name, but he seemed like a solid brother. I've seen a couple of things with him. But, you know, you have a network of people, right? You, 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 you're, you're saying you're a neighborhood crip, right? You have a network of it. You're in the middle of a conflict. Like, that's my point. He's in the middle of a conflict where somebody lost their life. I mean, this is not that long. It's a year ago, you know, King Von lost his life. So you're in the smack dead center of a conflict that's already turned deadly. You know what I mean? So if, if you're in my mind, you have to go on the offensive. Now we can't just exist peacefully. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about it. My thing is I have to be hyper aggressive to end the conflict. You know what I'm saying? But you know, sometimes people, you know, have deadly solutions, right? Some people have deadly, you know, issues that turn deadly and just keep trying to live their life. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't mindful of the conflict as a rapper, but what I'm saying is you have a network of people here that you are a part of this network. Why is it not more people with you? Why are you not building that bond? Right? So fast forward to the young man getting killed that was with him. And then he writes his resignation letter. And you know, part of the situation I'm hearing is the family of the dude that got killed with Quando Rondo was upset with him. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, that's how it really goes. You know what I mean? Like I've seen situations where parents get into with dudes that be with their siblings or children when they get killed, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And you going to, the natural emotion is to blame the person next to him especially in his situation to where his conflict has been so public and, and it actually has hit the boiling point. You feel me? Like public. Yeah. I, I just want to tell you a couple of things like this stuff right here is just sad to me because you have two, you have two things going on here. You know, you can't even go out. If you were young, like you said, if you're a young rapper, young athlete, whoever, you know, it's funny though, if you were a young attorney that got to just pass the bar exam and just or just made partner at your law firm, you don't have the same worries this a guy that's a look just look at that dynamic for a minute. They don't have the same concerns with a guy that's an athlete or a guy that's a rapper or whatever. I don't even think actors go through the same thing. What why do you think that is? I mean, let's be honest, right? Um Forgive me because this is going to come off super prejudiced, but the average rapper is attempting to wear their wealth publicly. And they tend to find themselves in places where people that don't have wealth, people who are struggling, people now, you say who, the same thing goes with athletes. Yeah. I mean, yep. if, if you walk outside, if you walk outside, right, as a rapper, if you walk outside and you have $150,000 worth of jewelry and you come anywhere near where poor people are, especially somebody that comes from the environment, if you go anywhere where poor people are, what are you really expect? It's like walking. See, we really would like to believe as human beings we are super evolved past animals right we're like, oh you know we have you know iq thought you know whatever we think what, what's the word pete that makes us feel we're superior to animals what do they say rationale what, what i don't say something like that yeah something crazy that don't really make sense but they hold their head they hold their hat to it that's all this this is was the reality is if there's an opportunity to gain 150,000 and you don't have a significant value. I mean, this is not attorneys robbing these people. 
you know, uh, attorney goes to celebrate, you know, a winning a big case. He's not coming out with his $150,000 chain on. He not got his $200,000 Rolex on. He ain't jumped out his Rory. He not finna go to the spot where the brothers is hanging that's doing bad. Like, he's and, not going there that way. But and consider it this way, though. Like, you're also talking about, like, microwave fortunes. You know, you get young guys who get all their money at once in the beginning. And you go back to where your friends are or whatever else. Not every athlete's from the hood, not every probably rapper is, but the ones that are go back to where it's familiar. And like, what's the definition of the word? Like people say, oh, I'm stunting or whatever the hell. What does that mean? It means you're fucking like you're showing somebody else up. Like, like, like glasses is you show someone else about it is though. There is nothing wrong because a lot of those people have completed this massive long journey that culminates in them getting that one amount of money. So they're feeling good and they want to go celebrate. They want to get something to honor, you know, the situation, right? So they go out and buy this chain and they're going out to celebrate, but they go to the wrong place, man. Next thing you know, they, they, they lose but, their life. But why do you want to go buy a big gaudy chain? I actually agree with Pete in that sense. You know what I mean? Where, it's like like in old school, like in baseball, oh, when you hit a home run, you don't stare down the pitcher. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, You're going to oh, get oh, beat. Let, let, let me finish my point because to me it's sad both ways, right? I don't, And I don't think every kid goes out their way to go back and just stun on people. But I think – Maybe think not Pete, deliberately. I, I think Pete is a lot right. Like, right? It, it's – Oh, he's right. But there, even, even – even, if it okay, it's like you might not, not, not do it maliciously, but you do it inadvertently. Exactly, he's right. It's a sub. You show up right. with a big ass fucking like you're just happy, like you're just happy to be you. You're real happy that day, but yeah. you show up with a big old production and all your friends and a new car and chain and all the shit and whatever the hell else. You're inadvertently and indirectly, even, even if you're not doing it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. like even if it's just celebrating. You, but, Let me finish. Me having one of those kids, and I don't want to get it all into about, about my son, right? But me seeing this stuff, right? Um, my son, at first, when he first touched a piece of money, he went out and bought the big chain, and he was in a place where he wasn't around nobody was stunned. He was around other people that's in the same profession he's in. Mm. He gets robbed coming out the club. So he wasn't nowhere stunting on nobody. He did? No, see, huh? Oh, oh, hypothetical. Literal, like real story, or this is hypothetical? Yeah, this, this is a real story. This is a real story, yeah. So, and he wasn't in no location where he was stunting on nobody. He was in Hollywood. Some dude well, walked up on him when leaving the club, like, hey, get it, don't call, don't sing. What's, what, well, hold on. What's, what's the culture of going out to the club in Hollywood? It's, I want to get it. It, but that's what it's, what it's all about. It's all about separating yourself to look like you're doing more than the next guy. It's, I'm going to get a table. I'm going to buy a bottle. They're going to carry you know, a big old fireworks show on the bottle. The I'm going to roll is, in and though, out. And this is during Super Bowl weekend. My thing is this. We can't keep giving these hooligans excuses to go out and do the shit that they do. Still, I'm not with that. I, I don't not, That's not what I'm saying. And, and, but listen, I don't agree with that. Would you call a hooligan? A fucking lion if he saw a deer? How hey, you're muted, still. Oh. Like, I wouldn't call a deer, I wouldn't call a lion um, a hooligan if he saw a deer when it's time to eat. But, see, G- but if you steal somebody else's food, you're a parasite. Yeah, listen to me, G. I agree. Listen, I agree. Hold on, G. I understand what you're saying. The economic situation is so fucked up. People feel like they don't have no alternative but to do nothing, but to go out and rob somebody. Well, it, I understand it's, 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 that more, it's, it's more than just that, right? It, it's look, I don't need to make excuses for our background. Right? There, there's no excuses to be made. If you oppress a people enough. You make them feel trapped enough, then they respond primitively, right? Because I agree, if you steal somebody food, you know what I mean? That That is a parasite to some degree. But it's also a way as human beings, even rappers, have to conduct themselves in a humane manner. And this is where me and Pete clashes about hypercapitalism being this cool place to exist. Because all it really does is show 
if somebody has extremely too much and somebody has extremely not enough, you know what I mean? Like, is that horrible? That's a problem with the world. And, and not to mention we're cultivating failure in the mind with it. Like where the culture of picking up women, if you want to find a wife, like I, I read a post today. And let me tell you, some, this is like the craziest shit in the world to me. The post says, I want black women to get comfortable with telling people you're not doing enough for me. I want more than you are capable or willing to provide. More times than not, people come into our lives and leave with more than what they had and what we're left with is nothing. That's dead. That's the culture we're cultivating. We're it's cultivating men are judged by what they have, right? So if you trap them into a place, right? If you say, hey, you're nothing without, if you don't have this, the only decision is to do whatever it takes by any means, that's, and I that's think, a Malcolm X thing by any means. And I think another like additional factor, like if you talk about relationships and whatnot, a lot of what the fruits of the benefits or whatever are of making $10 million when you're 23 years old are you can roll up and you can snatch anybody's girl you want to. Yeah, you so when you, when, when you come up and do that, you're, you're not – it, 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 there's also a point and there's a line in the sand to me in this in, in, in this type of dynamic where it's not just simply I have something and you have less so you can capitalize on getting something from me. It's also like I'm going to take something else from you. I'm going to take that girl you've been trying to talk to. I'm going to take her right now. But I, I'm, not I'm, even, I'm not even. But but again, that's a cheap way to accomplish something, too. But that's a whole nother story. Still stealing but, somebody's but, chain. Well, so. Right. There's a double sided thing about that. That's a double sided thing about it. Right. There's a sense of masculinity when niggas jack your chain. Like, mm -hmm. if, like, if, if same if, with if, someone jacks your girl. It, yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know what, right? man? <laughs> See, I feel on, on some levels, I feel what you're saying 100 percent, brother. But some of these guys out here committing these felonies, dog, are people that just doing it to be doing it to flex their muscle. Again, I, again, like I can't talk about that small percentage of rich people robbing people, because then we have to start talking about. Well, I'm not necessarily saying rich people. I'm talking about people. Because, because that point, we have to start talking there's about big pharma. We have to start talking about any record label. Well, there's there's a who, spectrum. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, it's, it's like you might not be destitute, but you might just want more than you have. You know, and, and you might, and it's not that urgent, but you I just think, want it. You know I what I'm saying. I think a percentage of it is property, and I think the other percentage of it is ego. Of somebody saying, "I know this buster ass nigga didn't come up here stunting trying to make me feel bad." I, I think, think people I, really I, take I, it personal. I think that's a very minute percentage of it. Like one thing Boozy said in that Vlad interview, he mentioned something about people having hypnotized by hatred. There are a lot of people that are hypnotized by another person's success and feel like that's a personal attack against them. Uh, it's I like don't I don't know. Like as yeah. many. That's so probably weird. hundreds of nights as I've spent in the nightclubs and as many dozens of spots as I've been in where this type of shit kind of happened or happened right after I left or whatever. It's been a lot. You can see it building up, you know, and it's there is like the opportunistic like Jacker who comes up, you know, I remember seeing that in Phoenix. My boy used to know who they were. We'd be leaving early because he always leave early as a safety precaution, leave at one thirty. And when we blow up, you go, oh, shit, there's here come the Jackers. And they'd park in the back. And that happened for sure. But also, like, there's a lot of it, it where it is just ego. You can see it coming in slow motion. There's a little bit of looking. There's a little bit of looking back. And you see it kind of build and culminate. And that happens a lot as well. This situation at the restaurant's not that because I don't think that they were eyeballing somebody from the other table talking about their waffles versus the other guy's waffles. And that's where we fall at. And I feel where you but I'm saying once you really think that this is what this is about, you know what I mean? Like, oh, they up, you know what I mean? They up, so let me flex my ego and just take something from them. Don't think for two seconds that they got it figured out because wouldn't nobody threaten their livelihood for this type of crime. If you are great 
Yes, there, there's a 1% of people, Suge Knight, that might take your chain that's a multimillionaire. But that's not most people. So even if somebody has $3,000 and you wearing $150,000 worth of jewelry, that's lunch. Like lions don't just kill, you know, frogs. I mean, they'll kill a deer and have the deer for days to eat. You prepare See, for the future. So I, my thing is this, it's bro. Easy, it's easy to just write it off and say, oh, man, it's just a bunch of criminals. Uh, and see, I don't think that's it at all. I think there are a lot of people that don't have the opportunities and are just in unfortunate places. Yeah, you but know, the, poverty is a motherfucker, and it's not just it is not just a regular type of poverty. It, it's it's an oppression to go with it, and living in a society where a bunch of people keep telling you you not shit if you don't have shit. A bunch of people telling you you not shit if you work at McDonald's, and no matter what especially in today's time, here's a place I do agree with AD with, right? Because I don't think LA is worse, but I do think the world is a lot cheaper than it ever was because social, social, you know, like this, the connecting through social networking, right? It makes actually, you don't have to work as hard, right? To, to, you don't have to work as hard to produce the facade, it cheapens the, the work that you have to mm -hmm. do to be something. Like you can fool everybody and it has raised the value of social currency. While the American dollar may be going down, social currency is going up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So somebody like Quando Rondo posting that, he could have just said, hey, you know what, I'm done. If a nigga called him, hey, you know what, I'm done with that. But there's a social currency as a rapper for him posting that, right? It's value. It makes headlines. He did it on purpose to make one organization, you know what I mean, to, to, to capitalize off the same organization he was just capitalizing off of a year ago, right? He, when he was so proud he would never stop, he did the same thing to capitalize off of it by denouncing it. Well, G, I'm going to tell you what I think he's doing, kind of. I think he's separating himself from the criminal enterprise element of it. Especially him being in all the shit that he's in. But that but but the rest of the message makes that not true. See, he's going to be in his own shit because as a rapper, when King Von died, rest his soul, young boy so when he died, mm -hmm. me, you put out a rap record saying blah 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 in his soul and his death, telling people to go pick him up. And see, that ain't cool, man. All this shit but is see, but see that, crazy. But, that's, but that's my point back to the rappers. This is where the conversation that you projecting into the air can become real. Mm -hmm. um, if you popping it at a high level, niggas may test what you saying. So even the robbery part where me and you are on opposite sides of the street, where you like people just being hooligans, and I'm like, man, people, people no. start, even if they're not admitting it. Like Let me fix that. Let me fix that, bro, because I don't want you to think I'm. In, I don't want nobody to think I'm insensitive towards my community. But that's not. What that's I not. Said, still, it's nothing it's wrong with other black people having success and feeling like where you feel. I don't think it's nothing wrong with that. I'm supposed to feel how I feel. You can feel how you feel. But that's why I also told nephew like, don't do it. It ain't worth it because people doing bad and people in a fucked up mood. They're not jealous of successful people. People not jealous of successful people. They are feel like they're denied the opportunity and they want it too because they want people in their society to treat them a certain way. Man, we used to go hustle. I used to hustle with a grip of PJs and the homies and all that. We would all go to Carson Mall and buy shit. I used to watch niggas from the projects buy, spent all their money on clothes just so they could look like money to not have no money in their pocket. Feel me? That, you mean to tell me that's not a level of trauma? Like to where you like, instead of having the money in my pocket that people are saying I don't have, I would rather have enough outfits on to where I always look like money without the money in my pocket. See, bingo. That's the difference right there, because like I said, you don't get these same type of stories from the guy that just got the residency at the hospital. From the because guy don't that have just no made money. partner. Yeah. From the guy that just made partner at the law firm. You know, they're making millions of dollars a year in some cases, but they're not flaunting that obstinious wealth on them on themselves. I feel what you're saying, Peter. They're also and, not in, they're also not encroaching, you know, dollar zero until they're 
35 years old. They're, they're coming out, getting their first job in their late 20s to early 30s. And, and they have five, six hundred grand in debt that they got to pay off. They're not hitting dollar zero until they're in their mid mid thirties. By that time, they have a whole different social circle. They've been buried in books, away from friends. They don't have a social life for money. twenty years. Like I, I'm not saying, hey man, as a rapper, if you get some money, don't buy jury. Like I'm not even giving you that speech on the economics. Like that's another fucking podcast. I'm saying. Don't go back to where you from with that fucking jury. You are the success. The chain is not a proof anymore. I mean, didn't like, was it, didn't like Mob Deep get jacked for their chain at Queensbridge like 20 years ago? It's been going on for decades and decades. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready that, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. 
Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. I think the world, the world as a whole is a whole darker world now than it was back then. I think it's a lot of fucked up shit that's going on. I think we need to pay attention. Not to get too much off this subject, G, but I think it all it's all relative. Um, did you see the new Illinois non-detainable offenses beginning in January 2023? Yeah, I saw it. Aggravated battery, aggravated DUI, aggravated fleeing, arson, burglary, drug-induced homicide, intimidation, kidnapping, robbery, second-degree murder, threatening a public official. So that means I could say I'm gonna kill this, or I could kidnap a motherfucker and to call his mama and tell him, "Bitch, if you don't have me thousand dollars over here, I'm gonna kill this motherfucker," and I can get let right out the same day. But that would that would be the same way if you had Bell or not. I don't think that that's. I, I believe that that law is. They, they won't even be. You won't even be detained. You'll be issued a citation like a traffic yeah, violation with a court date. They're not even gonna take you in. This is almost like some purge shit damn there we coming up on. It's not It's not like that. Listen, Illinois is under a lot of attack right now, right? Um, LA next shit. We keep robbing every motherfucker to walk the streets out here. But again, even before we jump into that, right? Uh, uh, let me connect that, right? So I was talking to a homie today. Shout out to the homie. Um, I was talking to him today. I called him on the phone. Hold up. Let me. Tell you coming in from Chicago, cool nigga. Uh, uh, god damn it. Anyway, I was talking to one of the homies from Chicago today, and we were talking about something T.I. was saying. Where T.I. was saying the term op, you know, is presented from Call of Duty. And a lot of people, you know, he was having a conversation. And it was a really big conversation that people reduced down into just something that's hip hop. Right. It was like he was saying the term op came from Call of Duty and blah, blah, blah. And that's how they started using it. But the, ter- the, the term is part of a greater conversation. Right. That we are not just creating this shit like this is a representation of the world we're in. Right. Like the, the boys in Chicago feel like they're at war. That's why they use the term trenches and in opposition or opponent, whatever you want to make it mean. But they're saying the conversation comes from the military. Right. right? So I was I was telling my homie, I was like, this ain't a conversation of did op did Chicago bring the term op to hip hop. This is a conversation saying these boys ain't made up nothing that don't exist in the world today. And the fact that they feel like. They're going through so much, G, to where they really feel like they're at war. I'm going to tell you something that James told me one day that really stuck in my head. Yeah. He said, at the height of my gangbanging when I was 16, I really felt like I'd enlisted my life to my Piru, and that was my duty to pr- protect the hood with my life if need to be. Yeah, but, so but anybody came through there, we was going to gun their ass down, and they really felt like he was in service to his community. But, but it's true, right? And people think it's about like a street sign. And I'm like, no, it's the people there. No different than an American soldier. No different than the American soldier. Like, I hear people tell me all the time, oh, glass man, how could you gangbang, you know, and you don't own no property. Everybody enlisted in the military don't own property. Most people in the military don't own property. Most people leave out the military without owning property. They don't just give you a house because you signed up for the military. They house you in the military. And when you leave, it's on you again to buy a house. They have bills and all kind of opportunities to help you buy a house, but you still don't get a house. Yet you fighting over this land, right? And it's, it, people don't get it. Like I always say, it's a non-fighter that don't get it because they don't, you ask most people like, oh man, oh, I feel like this about like, oh, they're going to sell old block and now y'all fighting over an apartment building that y'all don't own. You know, you don't fight over the fucking building. You fight over the people that live there. Like how you title yourself is irrelevant. Like the mob, right? Is there's no mob street, right? But yet they still fight for each other and stand up for each other. It's nothing to do with that. The sign. The sign is just where we actually at. But 
when we somewhere else, we don't, this is us. It represents us. So back to the thing you were saying, um, right now, because, you know, Illinois, you know, primarily Chicago is so violent. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, the stuff we hearing, we forget it's a greater city with a lot of shit not happening. I mean, we, we want to believe that it's happening, but it's not. It's, that's a very minute area where a lot of other shit is still motherfuckers going to jail unjustly. Chicago is a, actually a really beautiful city. Of course it is, just like Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's more Brentwoods. It's more Brentwoods and Hollywoods in Los Angeles than it is Watts or South Central's. Those are small pieces of a huge Los Angeles city. You know I mean, Los Angeles, the city, you know, when you really take it into account, what actually is in Pacoima is in Los Angeles, the city. Brentwood is in Los Angeles, the city. Those are neighborhoods in the city of Los Angeles. They are not their own cities. Inglewood is his own city. Compton is his own city. But Los Angeles, these places are in Watts is in Los Angeles. Right. So. Watch is in Los Angeles. So all of these things, you know, you have people trying to figure out how to make the justice system. The idea is they're trying to figure out how to make the justice system just right. So bail is important because, right, if obviously we behind on a motherfucking economic scale, you know, the majority of, of people that come from where we come from, we, I mean, work 400 years for free. So we behind. So when we go to jail, you know, whether it's, rightfully so or you know or or falsely accused if you don't have the money you can't get out of jail unless the judge would or you right so setting up a no cash bail system you know in chicago with the drill movement happening in rap and you see this rap shit going on it could seem a little purgy it seems like also a bunch of violence is going to jump off that's not what they saying they're not talking about aggregated assault with a weapon they're not talking about the problems in that specific area that you hear those artists rap about. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. You just read off the list of all the crimes. Yeah, but the list is not none of those crimes. Those are not yeah, it is. Murder you know, two, aggravated murder. battery. Yeah, gee, listen, listen to those are aggravated battery is a fight. Duh. No, it was a fight with a weapon. That's gee. what aggravated. No, no, aggravated. Degree, oh, no, listen, gee, second degree murder. Threatening a public official, robbery, kidnapping, intimidation. Ain't no motherfucking gang members threatening. He's just reading them off. Kidnapping, robbery, murder. Ain't no motherfucking gang members kidnapping. That's not not the main crime. Hold on, Pete. Come on now, man. Pete, how would you feel if we stayed in the same community and I kidnapped your mom? You see the police come pick me up. Then you see me six hours later sitting across the stoop looking at your ass when you look out the window. When well, you be pissed the, the fuck reality off? Is, the reality is if they had the money, they would bail out and still do it. So that's why white people could kidnap your mama and get out of jail the same way, the same day. No, nah, they just jack up the bail so super high. That's why you'll see people with eight-figure money. But if you have the money, you get right out. No, because a lot of those people don't get bail because they have so much money they're perceived as international flight risks. If yeah, you have a massive tax thing, like if you owe ten million dollars in taxes, you're from Newport. You got a yacht that's registered offshore. You're not getting out of jail. Yeah, but we need to break it to. But we're not talking about the concept that's that far out. We're saying the average person could commit kidnapping and get out of jail. Yet, if you black and commit kidnapping, you can't get out of jail. See, these are non-detainable offenses, dog. That sounds crazy to me. Not not necessarily. It, it, again, how it's being formatted is important. Like most likely, you'll be arrested. So, so you buy into the genuineness of this law? Because no, when I, I look at, when I, I, I don't listen, Pete. I don't believe in right wings or left wings. I believe in, you know, I, there's no way justice could be just because it have to be always yeah. individual pro proponent, right? But I believe in engineering, huh? But I believe in engineering. Yeah, but but engineering, I agree with that too. I believe in engineering too. But again, it does need to be swayed completely opposite because it's been swayed so bad. But you're okay. I think that I haven't unveiled like what I think. So like our our diametric opposition is not as sure. And you know what diametric. I want to do too? Since we are a, a, a real platform, man, I don't want to just put we need to research this a little bit more because I can't imagine. I've listened to like I've listened to a lot of lawyers do stuff all this since last week. 
Yeah, but, that, last week. That's, but that's why I wasn't going to get all the way into it. But yeah, because I, 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 I do know research as a, this a little bit because this is crazy if it's true. I know as a component of what's going on in the Chicago rap scene, right? We really see this as this grand issue of Chicago having problems. And now this is a purge law where everybody going to go out and commit kidnappings. That just ain't really was about to happen. But I do think there's an issue where if somebody who is economically privileged commits a kidnapping, right, and then somebody poor commits a kidnapping, and one person can get out of jail. That shit ain't right. And if, if that don't make sense to y'all, I don't know what to say. There's no reason that you should have money and money gets you out of jail when we're in jail for the same thing. I understand that, but but typically bails are are established based off personal finances. And, no, they're and, not. And, no, they're not. And this comes from somebody who went to jail a lot. No, they're not. They, they can raise your bail if they think you have money. Like, yes, mm-hmm. a judge can get in front of you, but bails bails usually are already set. Like the my favorite charge, 13541, was possession of PCP for sales. That motherfucker every time was twenty thousand. Okay. So it didn't That's, matter. So, what so you got to put down two percent, right, or ten percent of star, right? Yeah, yeah, ten percent. You just saw the bond, right? You make you, you yeah. post it, yeah, or however it's, the terminology goes, right? But I think we're looking at the Chicago rap scene and making that an overall issue of Chicago versus probably injustice and racial profiling is way worse than that. So I, I think that the goal or the the look of the because I I do agree with you, Pete. I don't fuck with none of that shit. I always think it's a scheme going on. If the left wing got something going on, it's a scheme back there. And the scheme, because I, I was actually saying this, right, because if that was the case, most judges could just OR you. If, like, if we're going to leave it to the discretion of the judge, mm-hmm. like, he could just OR you. you know, yeah. Release you on your own recognizance. But um, it's interesting that the week after a federal law was passed to hire 87,000 new federal IRS agents and jobs were posted by the IRS saying you need to be able to carry a gun and shoot to kill that the week after that, an attack on local law enforcement in like the second largest, third largest city in the country happens to happen. Like there's, there's this expansion of federal law enforcement movement happening. It's being pushed by the same people who are like defund the local police you can see like the replacement for federalis movement taking place pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. That's when the same people are saying both things at the same time. Sure. Look a certain way. Government. It's a thought for another podcast, but yeah. So, um, I think, like I said, as a rapper, right. It's, it's not that tough. You just have to, you can't just come floss on poor people. So P, so so P and B Rock, them going to go have some lunch over at Roscoe's. He was flawed. I don't know what happened. I don't I don't quite know, but this is a part of a greater conversation. I don't I don't I don't know what happened with P and B. Like I I have no idea. Like I, I'm just praying, you know, cuz get through, you know, all the stuff. Real quick, can can you we we got a little murky earlier in the show talking about the gentleman from savannah who publicly decrypted himself he unencrypted himself he unencrypted himself i like that and (laughs) so i'm gonna start telling people i'm encrypted (laughs) i'm not gonna say this crypt no more nigga i'm encrypted go ahead so so, with all the background discussion of neighborhoods and all that stuff from him is is there a background discussion that we know of of this guy no so pnb rock is not pnb rock i mean don't get me wrong he make some level of rap where you know it can have some kind of criminal activities to it but uh, so right now when i'm catching loosely you know again i have very little to no facts outside he got shot at roscoe's and inglewood is the slight thing is a robbery 
Mm. Now but he wasn't the one trying to come out and like align with sixties and that kind of stuff at one point. I don't know. Like I don't even. I think he is kind of connected in some street sense, but I don't think. But that's not who you were talking about. What, yeah, that no, conversation. It, it was a little hard. It, it meandered a little bit. Yeah, this, little this bit. is just about rapping and people feeling like being a rapper is hard, and it's not. Yeah, yeah. What makes it hard is the the actions, the things you do, and the decisions you make. Right, the the things that come out of your mouth. Excuse me, and and the actions you take. I don't know enough about PNB Rock situation, right? I, I don't like, so I, I can't even talk about that. But this just made me want to talk about what it's like being a rapper, like a young Dolph, right? Where you have all of these songs and it's super hyper violent. You know what I mean? And it's crazy, and violence happens, and we're like, oh man, it's tough being a rapper. But it's like if you don't talk about these things specifically, right? You know, a lot of this, the energy we invite in, you know what I'm saying? Like, like when I'm making rap songs, I'm really careful, with, which would sound crazy to everybody because everybody would think that I'm not. But if you listen to what I'm saying, like, I'm really careful what I say. Like, I'm a real 117th Street nigga. You don't hear me dissing my enemies in rap songs. Like, they, I'm already glasses low, so they already know. I already got to be glasses low and deal with everything I did in the past if they see me. So now, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to edge them on as a rapper. I'm not saying, hey, I'm going to make the whole world chant, fuck you in your neighborhood, you know, fuck your gang. Is it fair to say, well, perhaps it's not hard to be a rapper and not get yourself, you know, in an adversarial position. It might be hard to be a rapidly successful rapper without using those cheat codes for marketing, so to speak, if you no, know what I'm I, but I, I think you call them cheat codes. That's that's what they are. They are cheat codes. If you go Is to- Is it hard to be a rapper the, the, the old-fashioned way? <laughs> if you go to a community with no jury on, what come out your mouth got to shine. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When you go to the community- you know, it's hard to be witty and come out your mouth and exist in a place where it's strangers and people that got to fuck with you and fuck with you. Now they they got to fuck with you because whatever coming out your mouth got to come legit and feel right for them to fuck with you or to think you're successful or valuable. So this is why we don't fuck with you. This is why we're not going to mess. And 20 change that's 100 and thousand dollar outfit i just cheated now i don't have to say nothing i literally got everything that fast not to mention there is a value in it because you went somewhere where people were starving right and nobody says oh i go to the hill with my chains on they are saying in so many words i am so respected and people fear me so much that they will not remove my shit, because you don't say that when you go to the mall. If you go to the Beverly Center, you're not gonna say I wore my chains in the Beverly Center, because you know ain't nobody over that motherfucker starving trying to take them. So again, there's a there's a there's points in going into other people's community or going into communities where people are poor at and having jewelry worth more than a the house. There there's 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 points with the fans, and that's why I'm saying it's another thing. Like if I make a record. And I'm dissing the enemy hood and I'm saying, hey, fuck this community. There's a point in it. It's like, oh, that nigga wild. He don't give a fuck. When Draco diss all Inglewood, you look like, holy shit. You know what I mean? It, it's real motherfucking Crips and, 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 and nigga Crips that beef with Inglewood niggas that would not do that. Because we would all look at that as some level of suicide. Publicly making yeah. that declaration. Nipsey is a six, so he's not finna get on no record and say that shit. He know how that shit go. So I agree. That's actually what it is. A lot of rappers are taking the cheat codes, right? And sometimes they backfire. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm not saying that's what happened with PNB Rock. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just feel bad for him. You know what I'm saying? But I will say this. If it's true that his old lady posted that picture. You know what I'm saying? And 
it was at a location you was at that's a no-no for sure mm -hmm. fuck beef just because you know you got something that people could pay their rent off of still you look like you're going to sleep you got something that people <laughs> why do y'all always say that whenever i blink because you blink in really slow motion yeah. But that's all I've been doing for the last 50 years, though. I'm like, well, I would automatically, I'm not. Who has a 10 second blink? <laughs> that's what it is, though, Pete. Taking that cheat code. That cheat code is dangerous. That's what's hard for rappers. Rappers who take that cheat code, you want to diss whole communities and get the get the fame for the, oh, he dissed all them niggas. Uh, come with something. You want to wear. You know, a quarter million dollar worth of jewelry where poor people at. It may come with something. All this shit may come with something. All of these risks you take may come with something. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what I think makes it hard being a rapper because you don't got to do none of this shit. You know what, man? I, I just um, personally, if I had to do all over again, I wouldn't have raised none of my kids in Los Angeles. I don't know why y'all act like this shit is in like Cleveland. They robbing motherfuckers. No, they are, man. But you take I, your funky ass down to Cleveland with a hundred thousand dollar chain, they might chop your fucking head off. No, I think that's what any city as far as that. But I'm gonna tell you what makes the, it, what's funny you know, is what makes it LA? extra difficult. What makes it extra difficult, bro, with the LA element is this: you got the gangs involved. It's gangs in Cleveland. Not like it is out here, bro. What's different? They don't shoot each other. No, it's a little different out here. Just the politics and everything else. Bro. You, know, I, 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 you know what's funny? I hear more non-gang members in LA talk about the what the hell politics y'all be talking about? It is because everything that's policy? done in LA is thrived off some kind of what, what's the what's the policies in Los Angeles for gangs? What's the policy? What can I do in which hood? Oh, I can't come on the show because of this, this, and that. Oh, I can't do this because of this. I always. Say, I don't know about this. Hold on, let's, let's get some clarity on these policies, and then I'm gonna do another podcast about policy. Pete, you've been in LA your whole life. What is a policy that you must follow? Me personally, I'm you. I'm no. saying <laughs> I don't Not know actually. what policies niggas be talking about. Oh, they keep saying oh. politics. What policies must LA niggas follow? I think there's a perception like when I was like I, I lived in Oakland in 0405 and I was up there a lot in 06 too. And it didn't have the same feel as it did down here. It's you know? way worse in the Bay. Yeah, but I'm saying it didn't have the same feel. It was different. I don't and, know what the fuck is different. Motherfuckers get killed in the Bay. Motherfuckers here's why. It, like to me, it's it, it's more like you like you talk about the beef with 60s and 8 trays going back to I don't know when, you know? To like some guy shot somebody else back in like 81 or something like that? 79. 79? Yeah. That's different. It's communities in Oakland that have been worn since the fucking beginning of time. This country has been in the Cold War that with Russia since the beginning of time. Right now, Ukraine and Russia have been beefing like five months, and it's thousands of motherfuckers getting knocked down. Listen, we got to stop with the policy talk. There's no fucking policy. I just love that. how G to take some um, localized, some crip stuff and take it on an international scale and compare it to all those places. But it's funny that you don't think it's the same. It's funny that you think Russia and Ukraine is different than cities and eight trades. What are they fighting over still? Nigga don't know. Nigga don't know. What did we fight the Taliban? 9-11 was the other day. This is the 20, this is the 21st anniversary that just passed yesterday of the Taliban, right? Taliban bombing the towers. What mm -hmm. the fuck are we fighting them over? What listen, we just knocked down the main nigga a couple days ago. Biden did a whole press conference like, yeah, you niggas fuck with America. This is what's going to happen. 20 years later, uh, Obama knocked down Bin Laden, who was like just a mascot of their movement. He wasn't even the main nigga. He was just a mascot of their movement about seven years ago, eight years ago. I don't know. It wasn't that long. It was 10 plus years after the shit started. Right now, we've been at it with the Taliban for longer than 20 fucking years over one situation. 
What's different? Are they better than us? You saying that because I resonate more with my community, the niggas that's around me and the people I start with more than people resonate no. with a whole big world, a whole big first country. Of all, first of all, the reason we we at war with the reason why we had to get rid of Bin Laden, man, was he was a terrorist. He was a well-known terrorist. What the fuck do that mean? No, he was a well-known terrorist. What does that mean? Let's break it. Hold on, hold on. Andy I know, but let's, let's back up. Of heroin, a large amount of the world's heroin came from him. Look at this nigga lying. Now he just making Peter, Peter, am I making that up? Yes. Am I making that up, Peter? <laughs> Directly. Uh, that's in it's indirectly a yeah there there was a lot of like the, the term narco terrorism but he had independent saudi money that i think was getting washed through afghani poppy so like that that is a pretty convoluted thing but there's a real like we trying to stop a, the heroin that was that was the war on drugs so we had to no. <laughs> we needed them to sell to china at a certain price <laughs> i'm not fucking with you why you always get it when the white people do it Good looking out for tuning in to the No Sellers Podcast. Please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, comment, and share. This episode was recorded right here on the west coast of the USA and produced by my homeboy, A-King for the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Yeah. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.